you the latest thinking and developments from the international B2B marketing space, this is BBN Mixtape. And mixing it up for us today is Anol Bhattacharya. Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of BBN Mixtape. We are going to discuss today data-driven B2B marketing. Half of my advertising spend is wasted. The trouble is, I don't know which half. And that's a 50-year-old quote. Then digital marketing came along and it was supposed to solve everything. By now, all the marketing metrics should be measurable to the decimal point. We are supposed to push a button and know immediately what's working and what's not. But data-driven marketing remains an illusion for many organizations, especially B2B, like in Jetpack. Is it due to shortcomings of technology, people, process? Let's ask our guest, Marco Luciano, member of management board of WOB Germany. Marco, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Please let us uh, let our audience know who you are and what you do. Um, yeah, I'm... I'm in, in the marketing world for 15 years now and 10 years with uh, VOB. And at the moment, I serve as the, the management uh, team member for data and tech-driven marketing. So I take care of the teams doing analytics, lead management, uh, marketing platforms like websites and all that stuff. And that's why I'm thrilled talking to you. That's great. Uh, so let's straight jump into it and, and let's handle the basic first. So what is data-driven marketing and what are the common misconceptions you hear about data-driven marketing from your clients or your colleagues? Uh, what are those? I think there's, there are too many misconceptions around. <laughs> so, uh, maybe we have to drill that down a bit. So in in my experience, there's there's a general feeling that data-driven marketing is for everyone that is not used to that. It's just website analytics, for example, or it's, it's just digital marketing as an area, or it's just a silo topic. So I can pass it on to my colleague or that department sitting in the headquarter and it's, it's not my cup of tea. And, and I think um, that data-driven marketing is more of a mindset that is it's asking questions and starting with with small data pieces that could help to answer those questions. So it's much more a cultural thing than an organizational procedural thing. And, and uh, we had um, uh, basic coincidence that my colleague Torsten and Alex, uh, they compiled a, a presentation for, for one of our clients about uh, uh, those typical misconceptions and, and what that is. So I think uh, coming down to that cultural mindset thing might be the best uh, way to explain what the shift to data-driven marketing is. It's, it's a general shift in our way of doing things. It's not a department. Great. And, and, and do you think, and, and this, this misconceptions, this... Um, lack of understanding and this cultural issue. Do you think that is more prevalent in B2B marketing departments rather than B2C or? or I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. 
So to be honest, I'm I'm a B two B marketer, so my my guess on B two C marketing might be limited, uh, but um, so the data is <laughs> is, not, is not that good of a set. So uh, but, right. but I think it's it's more depending on the category or the the business um, of the respective company than the category of B two C and B two B because that it's. As you know, it, it's it's changing all the time, and we're constantly discussing if B two B is B two C and mixing and business to person and all that stuff. So I think it's very different from company to company. Uh, we have some clients that have data as part of their core business, but they are still not thrown in in data driven marketing. So they they don't have any kind of cultural spirit that is data driven so it's it's confusing because they're coming from a data and tech world but they're just making their first steps into that data driven decision making thinking in small pieces of business objectives all that stuff on the other hand we have b2b giants that are that are in business for 150 years or longer and have a global infrastructure so you wouldn't think of them being more more willing to try an error, but they do, and they have cross-functional teams working in small projects together on a very data-driven um, model. Like they they always ask for heavy data to make that decision. If yes, let's take a look on that and then make an, a, a better informed decision. And if not, we can go with our classic 150 50 years old gut feeling decision path so it's i have no chance to be honest to differentiate b2b versus b2c in terms of the data drivenness or the understanding capabilities of that um, neither is the category of that business model helpful in at least in our case in in in, in our uh, business world um, so I think it's it's hard to tell. I had a I had a discuss, discussion with our um, co-worker Henrik from Finland, and I, I'm I'm not sure when you had the last chance to discuss with him because he is having a B two B B two C client that is really data driven and has changed its organizational model to support that, and I think. In every category, there will be some, some kind of business that is doing that. And that business might be profiting from being the first. And then others will go with them. And I think that is a general perspective, uh, a trend maybe that you need that first mover and then the others will follow. And that is more important than having B2B versus B2C categories in general. I, I think I think you are absolutely right, and it is more company dependent rather than industry or classification of the business model. Um, I, I can I can attest to that because we serve a lot of tel telecommunication companies, which got both B two B side and B two C side, but that doesn't mean that they are either uh, data savvy or data illiterate, if there is a word. Uh, but uh, most of the time, it depends on the company culture uh, and the leadership direction rather than uh, which industry they are or 
are there in B2B, B2C, et cetera. Yeah, but, so but that's I, I interesting. completely agree with that. That would be interesting. Do you think that those companies, like the tech giants are much younger companies in general. So they came, came right. out of business maybe 20, 30, 40 years ago. So it's very right. different to that traditional manufacturing business like giant machinery providers and the ag business and all that stuff. So do you have the feeling that those younger companies have also a more, the, the bigger willing to change or the, 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 the greater energy to be data driven or is that? Uh, not, not really. I mean, I, I will say that it depends. Again, it is a very, um, it is a very people dependent thing. So uh, even very matured company outwardly can be very less data savvy inside. Uh, whereas traditional company looks like a traditional company, but accepting the data is, uh, is, is very, very important. I can give direct example that one of our clients, which is Telecom Malaysia, which is the national carrier, a very traditional uh, company, very traditional structure. It's a government-linked company. You will expect them to be uh, very adverse to data, but uh, only one of few of our clients who actually implemented that end-to-end -end connected dashboard uh, and API connected data warehouse. So uh, it depends uh, very much on the leadership profile and what they're looking at. Um, so that's, that's uh, one of the things, setting the culture right, I think one of the most important thing here, right? So, um, and, and, and let's, let's, uh, let's start uh, stopping that uh, division amongst the market. Let's talk about where to, I mean, how to some. I mean, definitely we can't solve the world's problem in uh, 20 minutes time, but uh, where to start on the data journey? So imagine a company who never looked at marketing from a data point of view, and there are too many ad tech and martech solutions out there. Is there a silver bullet or is there a certain way to start? Uh, to look at the problems? That's a tough one, I think, because the, <laughs> I don't think there's a silver bullet in general in for, for any question. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> especially... <laughs> Apart from vampires, <laughs> but that's all right. <laughs> um, besi besides those, um, I think it it's not a tech or any MarTech solutions. We need a new provider thing. You, you can buy whatever marketing cloud you, you want to have and whatever, whatever money you have, you can buy the whole Adobe tech stack and then you will have whatever tech problem you have, you might have a solution, but that wouldn't help you getting started. And m maybe it's, it's making it more complicated because the big solutions need big people that solve them and use them. So maybe... Maybe, maybe there's two directions. Like one, it would be the traditional way. I would, I would call it that way because in, in digital marketing, we've seen that new opportunities were first used for traditional marketing tactics. For example, you could use event communication as a topic or newsletters and all that typical routine communication going to your market and you can transfer and optimize that with a more data-driven approach so you can buy a small email automation provider and then 
set up your newsletter and set up your event campaigns and then start doing them on that platform and then use the data to optimize it, learn about the market and start from there. So that would be, I think, a, a traditional classic route that every company could, could follow and it would provide at least any kind of forthcoming. The other way we've seen in the last couple of years is a bit more ambitious, maybe, because we've seen a lot of success with our clients when picking a specific business object and then using the goals you have with that business. For example, you pick a small piece of your business, like a small market with a specific portfolio, a very basic sales structure, and then you build a cross-functional team around that and you have a data uh, person, you have a content person, you have a process and tech person, you have maybe development people, you have brand people and all that. And then those people try to fix that problem or to reach the goal or to uh, be more successful, be more efficient, save money, whatever that, that problem is. And then you can take the learnings from those smaller projects with the cross-functional team and learn, repeat them, and scale them to, to other areas, bigger areas, more complicated areas. So that would be the second route. And maybe that second route is a bit more aggressive because you need kind of a, a wrap-up. You have the first wave of getting the team, getting agreement, knowing what problem to solve in general. So that might be more hard work upfront, but I think the value is much bigger um, in the end compared to going the traditional way of using what we did all the time. Like we have brochures all the time. So why not do a website now with that brochure content? So that it would be similarities. But it is also a way. So if you have a small B2B company and you have a small team, maybe start with that to make your first experiences. And, and I think that uh, is the I way. Think, I think that's a great, a great suggestion. Yeah, that is that is great suggestion because uh, taking a business objective and looking at what to support that rather than starting from a marketing activity and how we can digitize or uh, digitize and analyze that, it, it's, it's, it's a very... Great suggestion. I think that's a very good way to yeah, do a pilot. Just, so, uh, if, if, if I yeah, can add to that, yeah, go ahead. one maybe going back to the to the misconceptions uh, in the beginning of our talk, one misconception might be that all those data driven activities are a marketing topic, and and it will be a marketing topic if you let it be a marketing topic. So, data drivenness is a mindset that was is business oriented it's helping your business marketing is one piece of that but sales is another piece of that it and and legal things are other pieces of that so if you want to start your data journey you may ask yourself will i try it for myself for my marketing mind or do i try to be a, on a data journey for my whole company and either way you pick the traditional way or the more ambitious way uh, going with a business objective. Yeah, absolutely. So let's get into something tangible. Uh, B2B company is planning a year-long campaign for lead generation and nurturing. So uh, persona, buyer's journey, content mapping, 
um, creatives, all are done. Now you are the data person there to ensure that every point we have the metrics in place and a process of optimizing the campaign based on those metrics. So um, what are the steps to ensure that proper metrics and analytics are captured? Where do you start? Um, I think the, the key word here is uh, ensure. Um, I, as the data person, I would really ensure what the plan is because sometimes everyone feels like we have a good plan. And then if you ask in detail, you recognize that the plan is not the plan for everyone. And then there's little details differently and that is a data problem. So data-driven marketing means you have to care about the details because then it's not undermining your data model. And, and therefore I would suggest to start by painting like a campaign canvas or you have a tool maybe for that. So if you're using uh, Salesforce, you would have kind of a, a journey builder audience uh, goes in and then does that and blah, 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 something like that. So make that one piece of overview where everyone can agree upon and sees touch points, assets, what is the procedure between those and make that an ensured plan, so to say. And, and then you can build the tracking on that. So you can add scoring points, for example, if a user goes that route, he would get the, this amount of scoring points. If he takes that route, he would get more or less scoring points. And then you can also add uh, reports to that. So can we have a report for except, especially those A-B testings, or can we have a report that focuses on the performance of those initial emails, for example. So uh, the campaign canvas is often added with a tech and data layer in, in our project. So we have a more, let's say, marketing people-friendly version of marketing assets and messages and all that. So that is very good for content production. And then we have a layer on top that is more interesting to people in, in tech, IT, uh, data departments, maybe also legal departments who are not that interested in what is actually your white paper. They don't care. They want to know who is saving what data in what tool set and what procedure is triggering what. So that would be one, one big project element that is ensuring everyone is on the same page for different perspectives. And after that, it's just execution. If you have that plan ready on your table, it's just executing everything. It's like content people go home and then do their content stuff and tech people go home and build the process and build the, the website, for example. So that should be easy from, from that point on. Yeah, I mean, that is a great point, uh, Marco. Vince. I haven't thought about that, that putting the data layer as an overlay of the touchpoint map or what you're calling marketing canvas, we call it uh, touchpoint map. I think that's an uh, excellent uh, suggestion. I, I really, really um, like that thing and I'm going to steal it. Yeah, so, do that. Uh, <laughs> Everyone steal that. Uh, so if, if, if more people use that kind of um, perspective, like we have the same plan, but we have our data perspective and you have your content perspective and you have your creative or brand perspective, that would help a lot of problems, I think, because um, you have that one single point of, um, of truth. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so 
uh, we I think we established within our short conversation that this is not about tools or technology. It's about mindset and uh, leadership uh, behavioral pattern. So what some of the obstacle marketing team faces if they want to embrace uh, data-driven marketing? What um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm getting back to our last point. I think transparency about what is hap happening and why is that and how the, do, do those things connect. I think transparency is a big uh, obstacle because there's, especially in traditional organizations, there is the problem of not knowing what the other department is doing. So it's traditionally, it might be the case that one person is producing content and not even knowing for what um, activity that is used. And in return, there's no clear focus. Like we have a small team and we focus on that problem or that business objective. So my second guess for obstacle would be really the focus. We, we've all seen those companies buying the Adobe tech stack, for example, or whatever big tech stack you, you want to buy and then not knowing what to do it because they have 20 problems and 20 departments and a hundred people that might be into that, but nobody knows who starts what. So keeping the focus would, would be good. And then ensuring they, they collaborate like small teams that have a real connection, not only about uh, the process traditionally, but also in informal meetings and uh, open discussions because that sparks ideas about how a smart process can be used for smarter content and how good content might enable a more complex pro process that users are willing to take because the content is so good. We've all seen those complicated automation campaigns and then you've seen the content and you know nobody will ever go through that endpoint end because the content is so weak and that is bad for data quality and sales success in the end. So. I would, I would say that is also important, connecting those people. Absolutely. Uh, it seems like we are reaching the time limit for the episode. Uh, thank you very much, Marco, for sharing some great insights with our listeners yeah, today. Really fun. appreciate it. That's, that's all for today, folks. Until the next episode, stay safe and happy marketing. BBN Mixtape is a production of BBN. Subscribe from your favorite podcatcher for episode transcripts, links, and more. If you like this show, give us a nice five-star rating. It's how you can help more marketers find us. Thank you, and we will talk in the next episode.